guys uh, know what this, what that, what that is? That's the meter. Huh? That, that's the, the that, that's the meter for what? The parking, <laughs> the parking right? The parking meter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, a lot of people say, "When will this be over?" <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know when it'll be over. But what do you have? You seen these meters before? No, they don't have that in Dallas. Um, I think downtown they probably do, but it's more up north. It's an up north. No, no. That's a meter, a parking meter. So the northeast in New York, Philly, Washington. When you park in, in downtown next to a building, why is there a red bar? Has like the stamp. And you can put money in it, and you can, and it'll tell you if you put like a quarter, it'll give you an hour, the hour time to park there. If you put ten cents, it'll take you So after a while, it expires, and the cops walk around to see which meters are red so that they can give a parking ticket. What do you do like? What? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people go, you know, you're going to go go shopping or you go to a restaurant or, or you go in there and uh, you you got to feed, feed the meter. And if, you're, if your activity is going a little bit long, what happens? Then you got to, like, go in and put some more. <laughs> Eventually, what will happen? Time will expire. And, and, and what happens if time expires? Well, if the police come, yeah. they can get a ticket, or they could put a, they could they put can like, tow your car. they could tow your car, or they could do like a put a, it's called a boot, yeah. right? Yeah. That these are all bad, bad bad deals. So what is this? What does this parking meter have to do with anything? <laughs> have I lost my mind? <laughs> Huh? Where do they add the what? They have it because there's too many cars in New York and up north. They also have some in downtown Dallas. They have one next to the Museum. Yeah, because there's too many cars, right? And so to encourage people to get up and go, you put what? A time limit on it. Right? There's like a time limit, and at the end of the time, you got to go. Otherwise, you got to pay more. Usually those things will say um, only up to two hours, right? Because you can only add a certain number of quarters. And they're not going to let you just put like 20 quarters in there. Because you would think, right, someone who wanted to live there, <laughs> who, who would put like a bucket of quarters in, it'll be like good for five hours or like uh, three days. It, no, the limit is two hours at a time. Then you'd have to like come back. And otherwise, you run out of time. Why? Why would you? Why would you think that? Because you have to pay by like um, giving um, your life to God. That would be like one thing. Well, like encourages you to get up and um, believe in Christ, and then if you don't do that, then you're gonna have to pay more at the end. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I think the real real reason why I did that was because you know you have PowerPoint, and in PowerPoint. <
<laughs> and PowerPoint, PowerPoint's awesome, right? Like, anyone, you use this technology, it's, it's incredible. So you PowerPoint, you go insert, and then it has, like, it opens up this web, it takes you to the web, and it's like, I can, like, look for anything I want. And Creative Commons, so you don't have to worry about copyright or something, because it's under licensing, is, like, end, expired, and the image that came up was this one. I was like, this is perfect. Time, time, expired. So grandiose, right? Time has expired. So, part of the reason why I brought it up is, what, what book are we, we studying now in the Bible? Guys, no? I thought it was Genesis. No, you're right. It's Revelation. <laughs> and what, what book in the Bible is that? Is that like near the beginning? It's the end? It's the end. There's nothing after Revelation. It's the last book in the Bible. And we've talked about who wrote it and all that stuff. And we were up to chapter 6, but I wanted to skip ahead a little bit. to Because I'm still trying to figure out when all of these events are happening. Because in chapter 6... What do we read about? I think I have it here. Uh, oh, yeah. You guys remember what these things are? Uh, the four uh, animals. The four living creatures. Although the actual creatures were a lot more scary looking. But I thought these would be nicer because you got a nice lion and an ox and the man thinking and the eagle. Well, those four living creatures. That's that. Where where did we find the four living creatures, guys? In heaven. In heaven, in the throne room of God, right? And then my clicker is. Oh, okay. There. Oh, no, I, I clicked it too many times. See, see what happens. Okay. Oh, okay. So in chapter five, we talked about the scroll and the lamb. So what's going on with the scroll? Remember? Well, right. So you see, you see that has how many seals is on there? This is a good. There's seven seals. So this is scary looking book. I like how it has like fire coming out of it, and that's kind of frightening. And there are seven seals on it, and this this roll. What? Go ahead. You had a question? As a scroll. Because they didn't have books like this. Well, they probably did, but this is a real fancy heavenly book. So it has a scroll, and it has these seven seals, and it has the signet on it that has a special stamp on it. And not any person, not any Joe Schmo, not any Solani, not any Steve, can just come in there and open this, right? Because it's an important document. So who is the only one worthy to open it? Huh? What do you think? Right, but, it, but in Revelation 5, it's very interesting because it says, the lion of the tribe of Judah, only one found worthy to break the seal. The lion was the only one found worthy to break the seal. But who was the, the identity of the lion? The lamb that was slain. Confusing. Right, so we're looking for we're looking for the lion, the king, 
We're looking for the ruler who is going to come in power and authority and might. And what do we get instead? A little lamb. Not only a little lamb, little baby lamb. It's a lamb that was slain. So this is some serious apocalyptic imagery here. It's like, what is going on with this lamb that was slain? And why is it opening these seals? And then it starts opening these seals. And like crazy stuff starts, like something totally out of super comics come out. And these four guys come out, scary-looking guys. And what are they riding on? Horses. Horses. And are these horses, uh, like, rainbow-colored? Do they have, like, little horns? I don't know. <laughs> and they're, like, unicorns? Do they eat Skittles? Are these the kind of horses? <laughs> With rainbows? <laughs> no, these aren't the kind of horses that you like to see. I don't have, the, I don't have it. I, I should have gotten it. But they're, they're, they're quite frightening, right? The, the, these are the first four seals, right? The, the, first se- the first rider is riding on a white horse, who is going out for conquest. That's what the words say. Oh, can you read it? Oh, no, deception. The second horse, war. Third horse, famine. Oh, it doesn't work the light. The fourth horse, pale horse, is pestilence. So a lot of really not great stuff. And all these other things are happening in uh, these seven seals. And then the seventh seal that's opened... Leads to, what's yeah. the next one? The Come on. Uh, yo, okay, well, we, we, we've got, wow. Oh. These are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's not X-Men. That's not comic books. That's not Marvel. That's the Bible. All right? These guys are not good guys. They're coming to bring war and famine and pestilence and conquest. They're not people you want to meet. If you see these guys when you're parking to go shopping, you should get back in the car and go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, these, these, are, these are tough dudes. They've come only to do bad stuff, right? I, and, and, uh, you know, again, these seals, when did these seals happen? We've got to investigate. The seventh seal leads to seven trumpets. And the, what are these seven trumpets? These are not great trumpets either. There are all kinds of bad stuff going on with these trumpets. And so that's, that's frightening as well. So we're skipping ahead all the way to chapter 12. Chapter 12 is, is wild. I don't have, uh, why don't we just go there? Revelation 12. Again, you know, we're not doing too much intro, but we've talked about apocalyptic imagery before. What does the word apocalypse mean, Rhea? Um, what, it, what it, apocalypse is really what the Greek word was that was this word. What's the name of the book? Revelation, revelation right? So apocalypse just means a re- revelation, a revealing of what is, um, what's happening, of God's mystery, a mystery that God is revealing, right? And the way he reveals in this apocalyptic language is all this kind of picture language, this imagery going on. So we start with Revelation chapter 12. We're probably not going to read the whole thing, but you'll read 
some parts of it. So chapter 12, verse 1. going on with these seven heads? All of the creatures in Revelation seem to have seven heads. Seven is an important number, but this dragon is not a holy dragon, but it's just, it's frightening, right? So who is this? There's this dragon who's scary, and then there's this pregnant woman. Who is she? Uh, Okay, well, we'll just think about that. All right, and then his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. His tail took a third of the stars in the sky. What's going on there? Okay, that's frightening. Um, keep on going. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Okay, so who is to rule all the nations with an iron scepter, right? So that gives you a clue. Who is this child? This child is a... He's a king, right? He's going to rule all the nations. Who's going to rule all the nations? Jesus, right? So Jesus is this child. Who is the woman? We've got to figure that out. Mary. Mary is kind of like... That's right. That's his mother. But he's... But we're dealing dealing with seven dragons and all kinds of stuff. So I'm not sure if it's the... Literal, literal meaning there, but we'll keep on going. Um, she gave birth to a son with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God, to his throne. Verse 6. Oh. Uh, then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God, so that there she would be nourished for a thousand years, two, 260 days. 1260 oh. days. Where she would be taken care of for 1260 days. So... That's a question. What is 1260 divided by 30? Anyone know? There's a reason why I'm going into mathematics. This is a math class. 42? 42? No, 42. 42. Oh, no. See, this is why I get math teachers in my Sunday school class. All right? 44. Could you do that? No. 1260... Divided by 30 is 42, right? You are exactly right, 42. That's an important number. 42 is an important number. Why? I, well, we might just find out. So, so she could be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels. Wait, ra- Michael and his angels. The serpent of old, uh, of old who is called the devil and Satan, 
who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ has come. For the accuser of other brethren have been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God uh, day and night. So who is the accuser? That's an important point, right? Who is the accuser of our brothers? Satan. Satan, right? And so what's Satan's job or what he thinks is his job? You know, it's like a self-appointed position. <laughs> you know, it's not like God wanted him to do this, but he spends all his time doing what? Accusing. He's, he's kind of a negative person. I mean, as negative people go, he's pretty negative. All he does is all day long he's in heaven saying, do you know what Steve did yesterday? You know what he did the day before? You know what he did one week ago? How, how could you use this guy, Steve, right? And then, you know what Rhea did? You know what Salani did? You know what Priscilla did? You know what Sajjur did? That's all he does all day long is this, is this accusation of the brothers. And he, and he does that to you. You feel that sometimes too, right, every day? It's like, I feel like someone's accusing me of all the ways I've screwed up. You ever feel that way? The guilt, the feeling of what, you know, shame, guilt, constantly recollecting things that have already been what? Forgiven, right? And so I almost feel like there's this debate in heaven while this, this dragon is accusing us, who is there in heaven doing what for us? There, there is, Jesus is there interceding with us, right? Jesus is our, like, defense attorney. And he's like, I know everything that guy is saying. It doesn't matter. Why, why doesn't it matter? The things that we did wrong really are wrong. But why, why does Jesus come up there and intercede on our behalf, saying that the things that the devil's saying is, doesn't matter or is not right? What does Jesus have? What is Jesus' argument that defeats the devil's argument in heaven? We're in chapter 12. I've already paid for their sins, right? You, my righteousness. You know, you look at me, and my righteousness covers their sins, right? So when God, the Father, looks at us, he doesn't see our failures and faults. He sees the righteousness of Christ. And so all the accusations and condemnations of this accuser, they fail, right? That, that's why the accuser doesn't matter. The accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcome him by, read verse 11. And they overcome him by, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. For this reason rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. He has only what? A short time. Short time. Time expired. Are you... Yeah. Are you going to go? All right. You want to go? Yeah. Time, huh? I think it's time is short 
for this this serpent. So he's taking his because his time is short. What is he doing? He's active. He's not he's not taking it easy like some people. He's uh, he he's in a hurry. Why is he in a hurry? Because you know his time is short, right? So what is he? In, 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 huh? We're in chapter twelve. We're talking about a dragon. A dragon, this woman was given the two... Okay, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had been given birth to the male child. Okay, keep on reading verse 14. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and have a time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman, so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river, which the dragon poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman, and went off to make war with the rest of her children, who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Right. And so they talk about... A time, what did, what are you saying? A verse, where were we? No, no, 14. For a time, times, and half a time. So you guys thought you were in Bible study. We are doing some heavy math here. Time, times, and half a time. What is going on? All right. So this is, all of this stuff is happening, time, time, times and a half, and three and a half, and four and a half, and who knows. So, and we've got this woman, we've got this child, we've got this dragon. Let's keep on going. Chapter 13, now I'm going to go to, if I can get to the next one, no, no, oh no, okay, okay, that's fine. Chapter 13, verse 5, what does it say? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemings and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. Okay, 42 months. Remember we did 1260 divided by 30? Which was? 42 months. People say that 30 days is kind of like a biblical... There are verses for this that the biblical sense of 30 30 days is a prophetical month and so a prophetical year is 360 days this, all of this stuff is complicated and I, I don't but the 42 months actually got me thinking about something else though revelations 13 5 talks about this beast that comes from the sea out of the sea and it's come to do what in verse 5, it says, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. I guess the first question I have is, oh, in, instead of doing that, let's also read, let's start from verse uh, 2. Uh, no, verse 3, verse 3. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of his heads as if it has been slain, and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast, 
and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who is able to wage war with him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and blaspheming, and authority to act for forty-two months was given to him. Okay. Who is this? Who is this beast? You got a sense, Ray? We've got dragons before. Now we've got a beast coming out of the sea. He's got a head wound. He was given the ability to what rule for how many? For 42 months. He was going to give blasphemies and all the world worshipped him. Let me ask you this. Has there any been anyone like this in history? Anyone we've seen do something like this in history? That we can point to? From the past? Not to this extent, but like, you know. There have been people like that, like Hitler and Stalin and um, people who try to force people to worship him or in a sense worship him and do awful things. But he was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given over authority over who? Every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. Has there been any ruler like this in history? No. This is a prophecy. Why wasn't this prophecy fulfilled? This is a prophecy, right? This is in Revelation. It talks about this leader. Why hasn't it happened? What do you think? It doesn't have right, right. It hasn't happened yet, right? It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. So that, so that's that's a question, right? So if I go back to, um, uh, if we go back to that previous slide with the uh, the man of lawlessness, one, um, you got a you got a Bible read? Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one through four. Yeah. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching alleged from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. So what was going on in the Thessalonians? So we're going back. Who, just a second, who wrote Second Thessalonians, guys? Who? Paul, right? Paul was writing it to who? He was writing to the church at Thessalonica, right? So he was writing to this church. And what was this church dealing with? You can probably tell from this chapter, what were they worried about? The beast from the sea. They weren't quite worried about the beast from the sea, but they were worried about? Well, in, in, it says in 2 Thessalonians, right? The Chapter 2, verse 1, man of lawlessness. That one, the man of lawlessness, the chapter two, verse one, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So <clears throat> at that time, Jesus had already resurrected and ascended to heaven, right? And they were thinking about the coming, the second coming, the return of Christ, right? And what were they, what were they doing? They were alarmed. They were unsettled. 
They were worried about it, right? They, some people had even preached that it already happened. And, and so he, Paul is saying, you guys are all very fr- worried. You're very shocked. You're scared. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. Verse 3. Read. Yeah, keep on going. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Okay. So, Paul talks about who? A man of lawlessness. And what does this man of lawlessness do? He does destruction. What else does he do? He deceives, he's, a, he's doomed to destruction. He will read verse 4. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God, all is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. God's temple, that's a sign right there. So, this person who is doomed to destruction. So you guys are worried. He's talking to the Thessalonica church. You guys are very worried about the coming of the Lord having already happened, and you guys missed it somehow. You guys don't need to be worried because have you seen this guy yet? No, you haven't, right? This is the man of lawlessness. What does he do? How do we know he's around? Is he just... What is the sign that we're seeing the man of lawlessness, right? He will oppose... He is doomed destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Who does this sound like? The Antichrist, right? Which is the same person we saw in Revelation, right? So the beast from the sea is who? Who is the same as Paul's? Right. So man of lawlessness from Paul. John calls him Revelation. John in Revelation calls him the beast. We call him the Antichrist. Revealed. That's who he is. Have we seen him yet? Have we? I don't know. Right. I mean, that's a question, right? That's a question. Well, one one of the hints here that I told you was a hint was I can't it doesn't work it doesn't work all right it says God's God I have it right here no 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 okay, you guys look back look back look back look look behind you oh does it work does it work no uh, oh I see you there no it's okay it's okay um, he will oppose himself uh, he will oppose and will exalt himself with everything that is called God or is on earth or is that set, um, sets himself up in where? Sets himself up in God's temple. God's temple. Where is his temple? Where is the temple? Is, is it, are we talking about a heavenly temple? So which temple are we talking about? The earth temple. But Steve, if I went in the world, 
and I look for a temple, where would I find the temple? In the sea. In the sea? Why would I go to a sea to find a temple? Where would I find a temple? Well, I want, I want God's temple. In Israel, okay, so we're, we're, we're drawing, we're narrowing it down. We're, we're from the sea, we're in the dry land. We're in the dry land, we're in Israel. Where in Israel are we going to go? We're in Jerusalem, and I'm going to start making a transition here. But yeah, we're going to go to Jerusalem. Where in Jerusalem are we going to go? So we're going to go to Solomon's temple. And if we go to Solomon's temple... What are we going to find? Are we going to find Solomon's temple? What are we going to find? What are we going to find? Huh? Some sort of shrine. They messed it up. Who messed it up? When you say who, I need to know... Who is it? So this is, this is history, guys. Who messed up the temple, Rhea? Rhea messed up the temple. Why did you do that, Rhea? <laughs> huh? The Romans? The Babylonians? Oh, that's amazing. Do I have that? Come on. All right, I'll come up with a better technology. Okay. Come up with a better technology. <laughs> <laughs> See that? What is that an image of? A map. A map. It's a map. It's a map. It's a map. It's a map of what? This is a, this was great because today I told um, I told Sam to learn uh, a verse in the Bible and he he wasn't sure what to do, so I said, do. Esther 8, verse 9. That was a good idea, right? Why don't you go to Esther 8, verse 9? <laughs> go to Esther 8, verse 9, and you'll see why this was a brilliant idea for him to learn today. It has two special characters about Esther 8, verse 9. There's two special things about Esther 8, verse 9 that... Um, so, no, not now, but, uh, just be prepared mentally, okay? All right, so, Esther 8, verse 9. What is special about this verse? It's the longest verse in the whole Bible. There isn't a verse longer than this one. So, if you want to impress everybody, oh yeah, that's the other thing, Benji, Sam, Joel, I'm going to call you guys to the front later on today, and you guys are going to sing a song and do your memory verse. So you guys have to be here, okay? You didn't learn a verse? Learn one in the meantime, then. All right? And then sing a song. Well, anyway. What song? What song do you want to sing? You want to do Bless the Lord again? No? You want to do, uh, I don't know. Huh? No turning back? You can do it. I have the psychologies. That's fine. So, is it in here? There was another. Oh, yeah, okay. Why don't uh, someone. Benji, why don't you read it? 
Go ahead and read it. Then there were the kings. Scribes. Scribes called at that time in the third mount. That is the month Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, and it is written according to all that. Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and to the lieutenants and the deputies and the rulers of the provinces, which are from India. Another fancy thing about that verse. It also includes, also includes India. So, what empire is involved in Esther? What is the empire that is in charge of that that Esther? What's the story of Esther about? We're going to have to obviously do this next week, but what is, uh, what is Esther about? Guys, now? The queen of? Oh, we're going to have to talk about this. Um, maybe next time, but there have been many nations that have been in control of this. You know, in Revelations chapter 12, and we're going to kind of wrap it up, but in Revelation chapter 12, we read about the woman and the dragon and the child, right? This woman, in a sense, we can understand is the nation of Israel, and also which eventually becomes the church. And so that nation has been through a lot, as you can, you can tell. And part of it when we talked about the temple was that first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. The second temple was destroyed by the Romans. Do we have a temple now? No, right? And so that's going to be a major issue going forward about what Paul is talking about when he talks about the man of lawlessness building himself as a god in the temple, what temple? It's already been destroyed. So what, what, how do we find that in Revelation? So we're going to think about that as we think about the coming of our Lord, right? So as we draw to a close here, I just wanted to focus on one thing, is how do we understand the time period God has set. You know, God gave, and that was kind of the message on that, uh, on, our, on our study of that, is that this beast was given a set period of time, 42 months, like we talked about, right? 42 months. God has only given this person, this evil person, a set time period. He has no more time than the time that, that God's given him. And, and so we understand that no matter what wicked person we see in the world or, or we think that they're entrenched forever and ever and they're always going to oppress the people of God, we know that God is in control of the timetable. The entire timetable, God is in control. He has it all planned out. He has it all listed out in his word about the timetable, about how these evil rulers, they may come, they may go, they may leave. He's only given them. 42 months, as it says in Revelation, only given them a certain period of time. Because in reality, all these people can call themselves ruler. They can all call themselves Lord. They can all call themselves God. But we know there's only one God. There's only one Lord. There's only one King. And He rules forever and ever. You know, Christ, 
Christ's kingdom doesn't have a limit, doesn't have a time period. This beast has a time limit because God, he's working out God's plan, not the other way around. Right? So that, that's, that's the beauty of the book of Revelation. What, what, a lot of the things I get out of Revelation, it's this book of great stories and imageries but, and at timetables. But at the end of the day, we understand that the winner, the victor, is our Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, the king is Jesus, not the beast, not the Antichrist. That, that is defeated at the, uh, uh, um, in, in that final book. So, so that, that's the lesson of that. You know? the, the, uh, in chapter 12, we talked about the accuser of, of God's people. The accuser day and night accusing us. But we know that we have an intercessor there in heaven, our Jesus, who, who will always say to the accuser, you can bring up the old, old shame, the old things that they did wrong, but they are bought by my blood. They, they are under my blood. They are under my righteousness. And so we can go boldly to the throne room of God and say, yes, you know, I am not worthy to be at the throne room of God based on my own qualities, based on my own goodness, based on my own abilities. But there is one who is interceding for me. There is one who is there for me in heaven. Amen.